telling the story, I suppose. The prisoners would have one view. The people who work in the prison system would have another. And I think it's up to people to decide uh, you know, where, where the truth is. Give government propaganda and the media spin doctors the flick. And check out Doin' Time for news, views and tunes on prison issues from Guantanamo Bay to Christmas Island to prisons and detention centres everywhere. Every Monday at 4pm on your community radio, 3CR. We are still fired up and we're still talking about revolution. Hello and welcome to the Doing Time show. This is 3CR Community Radio, 855am on the dial, streaming live on <coughs> www.3cr.org.au. First up on the show, we're going to be listening to an interview with Ravi. And Ravi came in on Saturday and we did a pre-recorded interview with him. He's an asylum seeker who is out in the community and he's going to be talking about his poetry and writing and and issues pertaining to refugees and asylum seekers. And then after that, we'll be speaking with Chris from the Campaign Against Fascism and Racism. And we're going to be speaking with Chris about the far right and how that's risen. And we'll talk to him about the proud boy Gavin McGinnis. He's actually from a fascist organisation and um, a free-willing fascist um, sympathiser. And he's coming too, I believe, Milo Yiannopoulos. He's coming to Australia in November and December as well, along with Gavin. So we're going to be speaking about that and discussing the global far right and how it wants to make Australia their home. And this shouldn't come as a surprise, actually. Australia is built on genocide, thrives on racism and is knee-deep in a backlash against women and LGBTI people. These far-right figures want to come to this country, make some cash and help cohere a 21st century alt-right down under. And that was a bit of a quote from the campaign against racism and fascism. And then I'll just go on and say that we, that they also go on to say, we in the campaign against racism and fascism want to stop them. We want them to rue the day they chose to come to Melbourne. We want to raise our voices in solidarity rather than division and hate. Join us. So we'll be speaking with Chris later on. So before I actually play you this interview um, with Ravi, just wanted to give a little bit of an intro. Australia's offshore camps in Manus Island and Nauru have recently come under increased scrutiny in the wake of a number of deaths and a string of leaks detailing allegations of abuse. With the media already banned from entering the centres, much of this material has come to light via mobile phone communications, particularly smartphones with inbuilt cameras. And in this very, very um, extended interview, which will go for just a bit under half an hour, um, Ravi will talk a little bit about that, about what's happening in the, in the detention centres. But mostly he's going to talk about his own um, very, very valuable contributions um, to, to the community and about staying positive. So stay tuned now for this very, very important interview. On the show today we have Ravi, who is a writer and a poet. Listeners may remember that we interviewed him last year about his poetry. Ravi is also an asylum seeker who is out in the community on a visa. We will be speaking with him about his writing and background and some of the views that he has in regards to Go Back Where You're Coming From on SBS. Hello, Ravi. Welcome to the program. So thank you. Thanks for having me here. It's lovely to have you. Now, I'm wondering if you could just talk about just a little bit about yourself and, and talk about the what led you here to Australia and how, how did you actually seek asylum? What happened? Um, actually, I came by boat in 2012, um, in August some point, and then I was held up in a detention centre. In It's called Offshore Processing Centre Nauru, like a three years, and then I moved to Melbourne, Maita Detention Center. I was held up there like a seven month and now I'm living in the county last three years. Um, yeah, I'm originally came from Sri Lanka and 
It's the reason. It's there's a lot of reason I left my country and my all things there and my background. That's my briefly background. That's I come by boat seeking asylum here. And you have family back there in Sri Lanka? Yeah, just my mom. Yeah. Okay. So at this stage, you've been doing a lot of really amazing things in the community. You've made some really valuable contributions and. Let's talk about those in a moment. But I think before we do that, it's just wanted to make a, a comment, and I don't want to get too political here, but it is interesting, isn't it, how the Liberal, Liberal government has this policy here about stopping the boats. And, you know, they talk too much about the people smugglers, don't they, and don't really focus on the human rights of refugees and asylum seekers. Yeah, it's true, because um, there's no point to when you have a, made a policy and then this policy going to be unfair to people who came by here by boat and then send some of them to absorb detention center and some of living in the community is not fair and then also they're spending billions of money to held up people kids and families and single men and women so um holding up like a four five years now so nearly six years now most of them going to be celebrating in the hell their christmas in this year so we're spending billions of money for stop board to keep people there by still we let people die in this land. In the last couple of years, like more than um, 13 people die in a detention center. So that's not ma- that's not make sense to they stop board and let people die in the detention center. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, so so basically what you're saying is that they need to be putting, the government needs to be putting in some more humane policies to help people, not hinder them. Yeah, sure, because if they have some, um, they have to make some immediate solution for, to resettle people in a, somewhere in, around the world, because it's no point to people living in a small place and hope for good life and then they don't get any off so just giving every time falling off and we're going to be recently here recently here and then it's still not happening but there's a more than 200 2000 people in uh, Naru and Manus but just like a 250 only I think resettle in US so there's no point to be resettle people in somewhere else is spending money it's better shut down the camp or yeah. just send them somewhere where they want to go or people who asking the, there's a lots of countries asking for people from Nauru and Manus so that's best we just offer them to go somewhere and give them to life and build their own life and stuff you know that's very important to carrying humanity in this country. So I, I feel sometimes that this country is um, missing their humanity and slowly disappearing from this all nation. Absolutely. And in fact, you know, one of the, you're quite right. And one of the things that is very interesting is that, yes, it is important to bring people here, to bring people to Australia, especially people who are ill and who are not having their medical needs met on Nauru and, and other hell holes. Um, but you've made a really good point here, Ravi, that, you know, it's so important to, you know, relocate them. If, if the other countries want to take them, why not? For example, do you remember how New Zealand yeah. wanted to take some refugees? Yeah. And, and the, the Liberal government said no. Yeah, this, I think if the, um, this, um, New Zealand and Australian, they, this offer was started 2012, uh, end of 2012, when the Labour government um, was in Australia at that time. I remember the um, New Zealand government offered to take 100 first uh, 150 refugees from Nauru. So, but they were accepted that, and then mm-hmm. when then suddenly changed the government and they stopped that, and still New Zealand government wants to take people from there. So it's best we can give the life to them to better than we held up in somewhere. Absolutely, and, and honestly, it makes my blood absolutely boil, getting on to the, back to the subject of the boats, how they're saying, oh, yeah, we have to stop the boats, we have to stop the boats. Don't they realise the hardships that asylum seekers and refugees have experienced going on the boat in the first place? No food. The boats aren't yachts. They're certainly not yachts, are they, Ravi? Yeah. Describe the boat you were on. Um, this uh, really is like a 48 feet board. I came, I just last 20, uh, we, I was traveled by like 22 days in deep water because, um, 
we offer the life in the deep water to get some better life because no one no one wants to get this horrible journey unless they got death in their jaws yeah. so so once once they got lots of problem in their own life and risk in their own country and then they making this risky journey we have to understand that first because why people wants to leave their country and their parents and siblings and friends and everything and they put danger in the wo- their life in the water to save their life so it's mean they need to survive they need to build their own life in a somewhere where we can be freely with full yeah. freedom so we have to respect to that humanity mm. and this is a terrible global situation ravi because because that's true why would people want to leave their homes and you know there really should needs to be more global help for countries to to help them to 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 help them overcome some of these these difficulties yeah absolutely so that you know people wouldn't have to leave their homes but unfortunately it's a reality that they have to isn't yeah it? it's it's true because of the war and then some religious things and the politicals that's all p- tighten people somewhere in some point so that's why they have to leave their own country yep that's exactly right and you know i was even hearing on the news this morning that um that apparently now the federal government may be putting through a uh, a policy not yet but they're thinking of it of forcing refugees and asylum seekers to go to country areas yes i had last couple of weeks ago that uh, on news about that and then still they just have that same policy so who got refugee status and then they got safe haven or three years visa temporary protection visa or safe haven visa it's mean five years or three years visa they should move to community sorry they should move to countryside and stay there for a while and that's that's the policy already included in this policy in onsor yeah but I don't know why they're talking about that suddenly because I I had they want to develop countryside but doesn't matter so where are we going but if they let them to free and then we can they can build where they how where they're going to live absolutely and in fact um Peter and I were initially talking about um you coming onto the show and Peter invited you specifically because we were talk looking at the go back where you co- where you're coming from on SBS yeah and i don't know i was a bit confused by by that sh- by the show <laughs> there seems to be very contradictory <laughs> type of views and i think yeah. it's my imagine yeah. i don't think it's my imagination could you discuss that with us ravi could you tell us what you think yeah really um really i was really i was really very exciting to see that all um documentary the also but it's really good but i'm not telling it's bad no no it's it's, it's still no. it's good yeah. but there's no point we going to somewhere else and talking about the people who already resettled in life so we we that program is try to eye opening people in australia so yeah. we have to let Australians to how people living in the community that's very important yeah. and also how we held up in a detention center is in especially in Upsor and Onsor that's very important thing so that that's I'm quite disappointed with that um mm. and because of what I thought that program is going to be uh because it's huge program it's going to be reached to lots of people so yeah. we have to give good ideas about the people who living in the community so that's what we can do and i keep i opening people in australia so that's the best things we can give oh, okay oh these people living very well in australia so we have to welcome them and then that's the main reason i was expected from that yeah. program but i'm quite disappointed but still i'm happy with that yeah. even just single word change people mind and thoughts is good Oh my god some of the some of the comments from the racist and ignorant comments that some people were making that was very interesting. Yeah, it's true but um But it's good they were being educated. Yeah, but it's we can't change everyone's no. at one time. But it's, right. it's the slowly steps. Step by steps we can change it. But still we need to approach them in the right way. Yeah. We absolutely do. And and in fact you were talking off air 
Ravi today about how there, there really wasn't enough focus on Australia or Nauru on this documentary. Can you talk about that? Yes, uh, really, I was quite disappointed about that and because I thought they're going to be focused mostly people who are living in the community in Australia. Mm. That's uh, because lots of people, they're just still waiting to get their visas, but they're still living in a very good situation and building their own life each day and every day, and they do their best to Australia to build up Australia. So we have to give some time to focus them and let them people to know so how they're living. And also, we have to focus, they should have to focus to Manus or Naru or somewhere who living here or who came by medical reason or, you know, so focus a little bit more. Why they came here? You're for the medical reason and why yeah. that things that that I things see. might be help to people to get more understanding and mm. especially kids. Yes. And then we we should have had a little bit more about that kids and single women and men and mm. uh, and we should have to talk about Naru report also. It's very important things. There's a two two thousand reports against human rights abuse in. There Naru. is so much. So it could be. It's uh, that's what I feel. If we could had a little bit more about that in that show, it would be more useful. But it's still, it's useful and they get more ideas about that and then more people get good thoughts and it's still they change free people's mind. It's really good. And yeah. and really, I'm honoured to be on... Um, I'm just really disappointed only a little bit, but I'm keen to be that part of that. So even my single word changed some of mine and arts, you know. Oh, okay. So you, you were interviewed on there? Yeah. Oh, in, what happened? In, in what in what capacity? What? I was in third show in like a four or five minutes episode. So yeah, That's it's good. Good, and they interviewed obviously here in Australia. Yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. So it's great that you could be a part of that. Yeah, um, because I was really stopped my whole activism last couple of months ago, and then because I need to build myself before I help to someone. Mm. So, um, I was just stopped at everything and yeah. I tried to build up my life. And then I got lots of messages from my friends and they're just looking someone to do this SBS with, go back, where are you coming from? And I thought, oh, it's not it's not nice to me to be there. And then finally I decided, okay, I'm going to do with this because I know... Uh, I, I really I changed thousands of people mind and hearts from my talking and my program so I thought this is good opportunity to <laughs> doing because there's a thousands of people more going to be see that on a tele and broadcast so I, I, I try to use that time to get more people to understanding yeah but I hope I've done my part very well and yeah <laughs> I'm sure you've done your part well you're fantastic Ravi really oh thank you I feel that you know, I'll never forget the last interview that we had and you were talking about your beautiful poetry and you were reading yeah. um, snippets from the book. And I'm just wondering if you could just give us a little bit of an update um, about what's happening with the book and what, what have you been doing in um, Australia? At the moment I'm working, full-time worker. Mm, yeah, and still I'm writing sometimes and really I don't have a time to time at the moment to write more but still yeah. I managed to writing yeah. so I'm on the way to my second book I'm writing in a three language it's nearly finished that but I need to uh, get some sponsorship or something to get printing and stuff so I'm looking forward to do that hopefully uh, next year at some point mm-hmm. and and also I'm, I'm really happy to say this uh, it's my first book is approached more than thousands of people. I printed thousand seven hundred copy or something, wow. and it's all gone. It's really good things, and that's mean I open to people mind and ask thousand six hundred people. That's good achievement in the last three years. Yeah. I did, and then still I'm looking forward to do that something in a nice way. Yeah, and by the meantime I need to build myself. That's what I said before. I need to build myself before I do something to someone. Absolutely. Yeah. So you're saying that you need to sort out your life yeah. and yeah. get yourself organised, and that's a very sensible thing. Yeah, because I'm still under the bridging visa, and I don't know what's going to be happen, and I'm I'm just want to focus with that too, and yeah, I I 
I try to do as much as to living in a good um, in Australia and I, I'm, I believe I can stay forever and I try to give my skills to Australians and then I can build something and I can give my good things to Australia to build. Well, yep. there's no reason why you, you shouldn't get a visa. You're not a criminal. You haven't done any illegal activity, you know? No. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's the, because they said, so who come by both? They're all criminals, but that's the main reason they're saying. So still I'm thinking, so that's why they, they don't want to give something, or I don't know, but, no, but it's, it's not a, it's not a crime. No, it's <laughs> no, not it's a crime. Not it is definitely not a crime, and it's a very courageous act. Yeah. Really. Um, to to go by boat and with the detention centers you've been in a couple from what i can gather here yeah naru nearly 3 years and 7 months in maita mm. yeah it's i never have going to be forget in my own life so it's because every single time so there's nothing life nothing hope we can't dream or anything that's the life in a detention center Simply, that's what I said from hell to hell in my book. It's like a hell life. We don't know what's going to be happen, what will happen in our future. We don't have any time frame to, oh, we're going to do this for this period and this people. We can't hope that, you know. Every time is the life is question mark. So in, so when, when people are in prison and they're sentenced, they serve their time and yeah. they get out. Yeah, that's that's true because they know when someone did some c- crimes and they went to prison or they got the time frame, oh, I'm going to release in a year, I'm going to release in a month or six or seven. Yeah, yeah. But it's still people living in a detention centre. So nine years, seven years, in also lim- detention centre, like a six years, you know. So like in limbo? Yeah, it's mm. like they, they don't have a life. They already spent nine years, seven years in the life so where they can get back. So there's no point to kept people like that much longer mm. and then spoil their life. So that's that's what my point is. They can't get back their life. No. Now people living, uh, now people held in a narrow end minus, like nearly six years now. So they can't get back their six years. No. So what about the kids? They, they didn't get the good education and then they can't good healthy staff. So they're really getting mentally sick each day and every day. Yeah. Everyone, the men and women and families and everyone's getting mentally sick each each day and every day. It's we can't replace them, you know. It's very hard to heal. So that's so that's what I said. I, I never ever going to be forget that life. So why life spending that all time in my life? But but I'm happy. So there's no it, it can't do everyone. So I I, I I'm also very sick, mentally sick at that moment. But I get off. I just get up myself and I try to do something. I come forward and try to do something, you know. Yep. Ravi, are you able to get all your special foods from home here in Australia? Yeah. I'm I'm running one project. It's called Food for Thought. I'm cooking mm. nice Sri Lankan traditional food wow. and mm. then inviting people. And I, I'm, I'm, uh, I started from Perth, but I did Sydney, Newcastle, Mel- um, Adelaide, oh. and I'm still I haven't done any in Melbourne, so I'm looking forward to do that some point in the future. Um, really cooking some nice traditional food, and <laughs> then sharing my stories, and invite some other nationality asylum seekers or refugees who are living in the community and sharing their stories, and showing oh, my wow. short documentary and Probably, stuff. Yeah. So it's really good program. Um, so I did one. I did lots of uh, lots in. Sydney and Newcastle and South Coast also. Well, if you need any help with that, we can certainly have a chat about that. Absolutely. Thank you very much. That would be lovely. Ravi, um, we were were talking about the um, booklet um, before, the poetry booklet, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know any off your head poems? Poems? Yeah, do you know... Any little now? ones from memory? Mm. Or no? Memory? <laughs> yeah, I got some. I think I got one on my phone. <laughs> oh, great. Okay. Yeah, so let me check. That's okay. Um, and we can um, help promote mm. that and people can listen to it and hopefully we'll find someone out there who can Who can promote the from, next book. And promote the next book or something. Is the book published, Ravi? Yeah. yeah. So it's published... 
Does which it, one? The uh, sorry, the 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 book you're writing that's not published yet, is it? Uh, yeah, it's already published. But you just need funding to get it printed, correct? Yeah, I'm thinking about that, but still I, I haven't decided to do that. That's okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's all right. want to do just another one. Well, we can still promote so. it. We can still, yeah. you know. And you're listening to The Doing Time Show, and um, we're, you're listening to an interview with Ravi, who is a poet and writer, and we're talking to him about his experiences um, and, and looking at that. And um, hopefully in a second he'll be able to bring <laughs> you bring you some... Uh, a little bit of poetry to to read out so that listeners can have a taste. Although all the books have been sold now, haven't they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, you got people missed out. You should have bought it when, when it was. No, hot. still they can uh, they can get the books from Writing Through the Fences. So they have oh. my books, so they can order from Writing Through the Fences. What's so oh. Writing a, Through the Fences? That's the group of writers uh, in detention center in outside in the community also. So they can go to that website and they can order the book still. Oh, fantastic. Oh, great. Yeah. That, that's great. So do you, have you found it? Uh, no, still, still not. That's okay. That's all right. That's all right. We can, we can do that next time. Yeah, sure. It, it's it's yeah. all good. Ravi, do you have any other comments to share with us, Any anything you, else that you want to share with listeners? Because um, mostly I'm always sharing, so... Uh, that's the that's the best things I can share with everyone in Australia. Yep. So, yep. Uh, my culture is like my perfume. What I'm using is very good smell. So I have <laughs> to spread in Australia to yeah. understanding, and also my language is like I'm cooking yum food and sharing with people, and also people when talking about the skin color, there's no point when we enjoying the rainbow. So hold our yeah, hands. Hold our hands, call, we are your friends or you are my neighbor, and then we can make great Australia. And then last comment is uh, don't let your humanity to disappearing from this beautiful country. Oh, that's beautiful. So I'll repeat that. So don't let your humanity disappear from this beautiful country. Isn't that right? Yep. Mm. And, and that's very true. We, we all need to help each other. We, it's, you know, I was just saying the other day to somebody, it's about friendship and community. Yeah. It's not about racism or bigotry or what we can get out of someone. Or if we do something for someone, yeah. then, oh, you owe me. It's not about that, is it? No. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, just one last thing before we go. Um, it's just something that I've, I forgot about and which I think needs a little bit of attention. Um, I'm wondering if we could just do a little, little bit more of an extended interview here. Yeah. Um, and that is in regards to the detention centres and... Some of the conditions that they have, I mean, we've talked briefly about Nauru. I mean, we could be writing a book and being here all night yeah. talking about Nauru. But um, I, Peter and I used to go and visit um, people, asylum seekers in Mita. Yeah, Mita. sorry. Yeah. M-I-T-A, in Broadmeadows. And we used to be able to bring food in and, you know, sit at the table like a, like a family and chat yeah. to the asylum seekers. And now... You're not allowed to bring food there anymore, and it's become more like a prison. Yeah, it's it's it's. I'm really disappointed with that. So because people who are living in a, I was there. So because when people visit to me and bring some food and sharing their laugh and talk and things, yeah. that's the best medit. That's like a kind of counselling. So mm. when people coming from our community and sharing with their food and talking and laughing stuff that's the best things to make people a little bit happy in their life because they're just spending all day nothing and watching something and then it, that's better we talk with human to on face to face and sharing something nice that's is a good time but now at the moment that's what i stopped to visiting there because i can't go inside and see m- the situation because i know that horrible um because um i don't really like that yeah. Situation to see my friends. Yeah, you don't and, have to go in. Yeah, and also it's, it's it's really I'm quite disappointed with that because we have to let people in to get some food and nice food and some nice things, sharing with people who can't get that that sort of thing. So that's the best things we can bring a little bit happy in their life, that mm. little bit little moment like hour or one hour or two hour. Is we just going to bring some happiness to them? Yeah. Let's hope. I hope so. Yeah, I hope, hope it will be changed and 
it will get better. So. Yeah, Ravi, I wanted to to really thank you for for coming onto the show. And sometimes I I don't like to interview asylum seekers because I'm always worried about the fact that I might unintentionally bring flashbacks. Yeah, and that you know people might get really upset. So I'm always really careful. Um, about what I ask people, but it's so wonderful that you could come. Yeah, thank you very much for having me here. It's not point to hiding myself, my story, and hanging with me. It's better I let to people know and and try to. So my freedom is my my story is going to be a key for someone's freedom. You know, yeah. that's what I'm just. It's it's not easy. It's 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 like a storytelling is not easy. It's like a half healing. Uh, reopen of healing wounds. Yes. That's what I feel, or mostly. But I'm happy with that, still people listening. And also, thanks, thanks for having me here. And then, yeah. So I'm really keen to be here. Thank you very much, Peter. Oh, and, no yeah. And look after yourself and, oh, thank and make you. sure you do something fun after this. Yes, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have lots to do. <laughs> you have lots to do. Thank yeah. you so much, Ravi. Thank and, you. And I hope you get, you get your interview soon. And that, you know, there's lots of legal assistance um, everywhere for, to help people. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And that was um, an, an extensive interview with, uh, with Ravi, who is an asylum seeker and, and is, in fact, um, out in the community making a very, very valuable contribution it's approximately 4.31 and we're going to be interviewing um, Chris pretty soon from the Campaign Against Racism and Fascism. But in the meantime, I will um, put in, on an announcement and, uh, and, and we'll see if we can get Chris on the line. And he's going to be speaking about what's happening with, uh, with an interesting guest, if you could call it that, uh, coming from America. Hi, I'm Romy. I'm 14 years old and I'm part of a group organising a children's march for Nauru. Kids on Nauru are not free. They are suffering very much. Join kids, youth and families on Sunday, October 21st at 11am at Birurungma near Fed Square to call for the freedom of refugees in detention, especially children. This is a peaceful, family-friendly event and will include children's speeches and singing. The Artist Committee is a 3CR supporter. And you're back with the Doing Time show. And we're speaking now with Chris from the Campaign Against Racism and Fascism about, um, and he can actually speak about this in more detail, about Gavin McInnes, I believe, who's playing host to a subscription-based online TV talk show from a tiny studio in Manhattan's Garment District and trying to um, peddle his... uh, He's fascist paraphernalia. Hello, Chris. Welcome to the program. Hi. Thanks for having me. It's lovely to have you. I believe you've got a time limit. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm hoping we can... Okay. Uh, you got ten minutes? Yeah, yeah. It's got ten minutes. That's oh, fine. wonderful. So, Chris, you're on air, um, I'm, as you know. Um, I'm wondering if you could just start off by talking, giving us a little bit of background um, about what's been going on with um, Proud Boys, I believe they're called. Yeah. Um, and just give so a bit of context. Yeah, so they're a relatively new group. Um, they've been around uh, since 2016. They were formed um, kind of about just after the time that uh, Trump was elected. Um, and they've gotten a bit more visibility um, recently. Um, particularly, um, they were, this year they were, um, helped organise um, a march in Portland um, along with a, another, like, a white supremacist group called Patriot Prayer. Um, they've also been featured um, here in Australia in um, documentaries like on SBS um, and so on. Um, and they even have um, a couple of local chapters, I think, here. I know they have one in Sydney um, and I think in Melbourne as well. And they've kind of been emerging more and more around the traps here. So they're um, Proud Boys, as the name might suggest. Um, they're a... Um, they're a male-only group, um, and they're kind of cohered around, I would say, um, misogyny, an extremely misogynistic uh, worldview, um, and also um, they call themselves Western chauvinists. So, um, yeah, um, you know, the supremacy of, of um, so-called Western culture, which, as we all know, is just a code for uh, white supremacy. 
So they're called the Proud Boys, and it's basically a far-right organisation, isn't it? And yeah, that's right. why are they coming to Australia? Um, well, they're coming to Australia um, for the same reason as a number of um, international speakers, um, like Lauren Southern, who's come this year, um, Nigel Farage, there's a whole lot, Milo Yiannopoulos, who came last year and is coming again at the end of this year. So there's a range of them that are coming out um, because um, for them, they, there's an audience here. They can see that there's an audience here. Um, people buy these tickets to come to their um, their shows. They make a bit of cash. Um, it also allows them, it gives them a bit of legitimacy to go on these international speaking tours. And it's also a way of organising or at least trying to, um, you know, build up connections with local far-right um, personalities um, and, and groups as well. It's why all of the far-right basically rock up. Um, either um, either to go along to the, the um, speaking tours of these people or to provide security, um, like the you know, Blair Cottrell's Lad Society has done um, at these sorts of speaking tours. Um, so that's, that's basically what they do. And why do you think that the far right has risen in Australia? What do you think are some of the contributing factors there? Some of the contributing factors, I mean, I would say, um, I mean, the main one is racism. Um, you know, racist policies being pursued uh, by the mainstream politicians, Labor and Liberal, especially when it comes to immigration, um, the kind of fear-mongering and scaremongering um, that goes along with, um, you know, uh, Australia's border policy. Um, all of that's to stop the boats rhetoric. That has been lifted um, and provided inspiration uh, to all of these far-right groups especially in Europe, but also in the United States. Um, you know, so that's, that's one of the main things, I think, um, is the, um, the question of racism. Historically, though, and, and also currently, is it fair to say that econ- the economy, the deteriorating economy is also contributing to fascism? Um, I, I'm sorry, but I have to mention the word fascism and far-right rising, um, given that there's a climate of fear now. Um, yeah, I mean, economic factors obviously um, provide, um, yeah, can destabilise things. Um, that's, yeah, definitely and historically that's always been the case. Um, the curious thing with Australia, though, is that um, uh, it's, in term, as compared to, say, um, you know, um, Europe or the United States, which really bore the brunt of the financial crisis of 2008-2009, um, Australia's been relatively sheltered from a lot of that. Um, and even though, obviously, I'm not arguing that um, things are um, rosy uh, for workers and ordinary people here in Australia, it's certainly not. Um, but I think that a lot of the um, a lot of the, the growth of the far right here, I think it does direct. It's a lot more political, um, and it draws direct inspiration from the rise of Trump, the rise of the far right in Europe, um, and all of these other groups. Um, so something like Proud Boys, that's just a, that's you know directly kind of imported uh, from the United States. Thank you so much, Chris, for that, um, for that brief overview. Now, just can you just give us some details about what the campaign against racism and fascism are doing, um, and, and some background around that? That they're com- the people yes. coming in December, aren't they? November, December. Yeah, that's right. So um, they're um, coming to Melbourne in uh, November, November second, um, and we're organising a counter protest um, as we. Um, we tend to do um, when these international far-right personalities come to Australia. Um, and so we're organising a counter-protest uh, just to make sure that these people cannot just come into this country without any opposition, that there's, um, you know, left-wing people, there's anti-racist, anti-fascist, um, etc., who are willing to come out um, and stand up to these sorts of politics so that, you know, the narrative that um, is kind of displayed is not just the narrative of these people being able to come into this country untrammeled. Um, and it sends a message, you know, to the wider public. It also sends a message to some of their softer supporters that if you're going to um, come out to these events and support, you know, far-right types like Gavin McInnes or whoever it is, um, that you're going to have to run the gauntlet. You're going to have to be shamed. You're going to have to um, have um, all of these anti-racists uh, calling you out uh, for it. So that's kind of the point of it. Um, and so we'll be having a rally. People can check out Facebook. Uh, for the event, um, yeah, and so it's Friday the 2nd um, of November, um, so that's happening in a couple of weeks' time. Thank you so much for, for coming onto the program, and in fact, that's okay. you, you know, particularly concerning though, also, um, just quickly, Chris, is the abuse of force or power 
um, that has a profound and detrimental impact on all those who experience, um, you know, problems when they're being arrested by police. I think what I'm trying to say is that, you know, police are starting to have these powers. This is now becoming a police state. And I'm wondering how much police support these people that come in to spread their hatred. Uh, look, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, the cops have never, they've certainly never been on our side, um, you know, put it that way, um, at these uh, demonstrations. So, I mean, I don't want to kind of... Um, Kind of speculate as to no, no. Um, uh, as to like what levels and so on, but um, certainly um, they, you know, the police have rarely come out um, in defence of our uh, demonstrations. Uh, our side is heavily policed at these things, um, and now you know the police in Victoria at least um, have more um, you know weaponry and so on, uh, ex- explicitly for the purpose of crowd control. So, um, but you know that's that's for the police and so on. In terms of what our responsibility, I think is to have. Um, a big, vibrant, um, you know, colourful and, um, you know, uh, and, and loud demonstration that is able to, um, you know, uh, that's, that's able to, to do the job of putting forward a different narrative, an anti-racist uh, positive message. Absolutely. And indeed, one of the things that, that is important for the campaign against racism and fascism is to be able to do a lot more workshopping around these issues and to try to work out how we can work together. Yeah, absolutely. Chris, thanks so much. That's okay. No worries. Thanks for having me. Thanks for your time. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. And that was Chris from the Campaign Against Racism and Fascism uh, speaking about some uh, far-right so-called celebrities that are coming out from America um, to peddle hatred. And uh, it's it's quite disturbing, actually. It's approximately 4.41 and uh, you know see if you can rock up to that rally check out the Facebook event and I, I believe England um, actually rejected some some of those far right people that were trying to get into the as Prime Minister of Australia I am sorry On behalf of we're coming live to you from the Aboriginal 10 Embassy in Canberra as part of the Sorry Day Convergence and here comes Gilla how you going, Gilla? How's it going, Gab? How's it going, uh, all you listeners down Melbourne? And you're missing a great time up here and uh, a great day. Subscribe to your award-winning independent community radio station, bringing you coverage of community issues and events. We need your support. Call 9419-8377 and subscribe today. I feel hopeful, I feel grateful, I feel sorry. As an Aboriginal person, let me shake your hand. Thanks very much for being here today. Thank you very much. No worries.
said a cliche. I'll make it one. Hope it doesn't get too creaky. I have found that what you don't know will hurt you. What doesn't kill you makes you weaker. Gives you little aches and pains. CCR published a book to celebrate the station's 40th birthday. Years in the making, Radical Radio, celebrating 40 years of 3CR, is a visually stunning account of the people and ideas that make up this dynamic station. At 300 pages, the book includes hundreds of images and over 50 features on programs, people, music and technology from across the decades. 3CR's Radical Radio book is now on sale for just $30. You can get your copy of 3CR's book at the station during business hours at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy or online at 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Get a piece of your own history on sale for just $30. 3CR's Radical Radio is available now. And you're back with the Doing Time show. And this is 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM on the dial, streaming live on www.3cr.org.au, just in case you've tuned in. And this is Marissa, and I'll be taking you through until 5 o'clock. It's approximately 4.52, and I just wanted to just uh, just summarise some of the songs that, that we played. Um, you just heard a song by Paul Kelly called Little Aches and Pains. And then um, we had a couple of announcements, and we also had... Um, I just wanted to make a minor correction there. Um, there's a song by Archie Roach called Life is Worth Living. And Archie Roach is, as people know, is a much-loved um, Aboriginal musician um, who, who lives in Melbourne. Um, so it's approximately 4.52. Just wanted to thank our guests for coming onto the show. Thank you to um, Ravi, who came in especially on Saturday, to help us to do a pre-recorded interview. And he talked quite a lot and extensively in detail about his um, experiences um, on Nauru and also in various detention centres all over Australia. And he also has done some wonderful poetry and writing. And we'll be having Ravi back, I'm sure, um, to, to, so that he can give us some updates about what he's been doing and then to also thank Chris as well um, from the, the campaign of racism and fascism. And Chris gave us some very valuable information about an upcoming uh, event that's coming up in November, December, uh, in regards to Mr. McInnes from America and some other far-right uh, Proud Boys, apparently they call themselves. And he gave a little bit of background about the situation that's happening at the moment with the far right and how it's rising not just in Australia but all over Europe as well and there are a lot of contributing factors in regards to that and indeed we'll be having Chris back I'm sure or someone else from the campaign of racism and uh, against racism and fa fascism to discuss this further now the rally there the, there's no there it will be announced there will be further announcements later and I think some of it is not for public info at the moment, but do check out the Facebook event. Um, it's quite a, a, a long, a long um, earl. So, yeah, just check out Facebook or Google the Campaign Against Racism and Fascism, and I'm sure that, uh, that things will come up there. Just to a couple of housekeeping things, thank you very much to both Rob and Peter, for providing some tech work and also for helping with the producing of this show. It's approximately 4.55. We've got about two minutes before we're out of here. 
And we're going to be going out with our theme song, Black Fella, White Fella, um, from the Rumpy Band. Um, and we're, we're stay tuned for Beyond Zero coming up next. And we'll be uh, coming back every Monday from 4 to 5 um, for the Doing Time show. Stay tuned um, every, every Monday. And, uh, yeah, a shout-out to all our brothers and sisters inside and to all the people as well in, in detention centres as well um, who, who are really needing uh, help. And interestingly, you know, take note of refugees and asylum seekers in our community. They could be your neighbour. It could be our neighbours. It could be that there are, there are people that, that are needing our, you know, our assistance on, on the train even, in the supermarket. Let's not be complacent. Let's... Um, Let's try and, and help each other. It's approximately 4.56, and uh, so I'm going to be going out pretty soon, as I said, with our theme song, Black Fella, White Fella, from the Rumpy Band. Don't forget to Google the campaign against racism and fascism um, to find out more about what's happening with um, this event that's coming up. We need numbers. We need to be able to... Um, to, to be able to... Squash some of these, some of these terrible views of genocide, Islamophobia, closed borders. There are so many things that, um, are quite horrific, um, that, that some of these people are, are peddling. Okay, well, I'm out of here. And see you next week. Take care of each other and stay strong. Bye.